Oh my God. Hi, welcome to season two of the One Take Wonder podcast with the hot weird girl. I'm the hot weird girl in question. My name's Alexia and you can follow me on every social media platform. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at hot weird girl. That's girl with the zero. And here's some very exciting updates, announcements. Number one is I am in the process of improving the sound quality of this podcast. Um, currently in the process of building an in-home studio I've upgraded the mic, so I hope it sounds a lot better, and I'm really trying to work on, like, that echoey issue. It's driving me nuts. It may or may not have caused um, a three-hour delay in upload time trying to get this new microphone right, but that is my burden, not yours. I'm really excited to announce that I'm making a return to YouTube. Um, My first YouTube video will premiere on January 20th, so mark your calendars. It's going to be really good, and I'm planning on releasing three videos to keep you very well fed. And finally, after this week's episode, I've concretely decided that the One Take Wonder podcast is going to come out Mondays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to keep you all well fed. Think of it as a dessert. The late, late nights are done. Um barring the late, late night that I'm doing now. But hey, New Year's, same me, right? And speaking of New Year's, I hope you had a wonderful New Year's. I loved my break. I got to spend it with friends and family. I'm so well-rested. I'm so joyful. I'm in a really good mood because of the New Year's Eve celebrations, which is also why I'm losing my voice. But that's just part of the charm of today's episode, okay? I also wanted to announce that I want this podcast to be a lot more interactive. If you listen on Spotify, then you're already very aware of the Q&A and the poll features that allow you to give me direct feedback on the podcast, something I greatly appreciate. But I also want this podcast to be something that you can learn from. And I think the best way to do that is to start providing works cited when needed. Not every episode is going to have a works cited. But as an intellectual and as an academic, I want to hold myself to a standard of you shouldn't just listen to me and assume that I've given you the correct information. I really want you guys to look at the sources, um, weigh the merit of the sources, think of it as a as take home from the lecture that you receive from me every Monday. I also want to give little recommendations in every podcast of something that I've been reading, something I loved, or maybe even an article or a peer-reviewed journal that can sort of go over what we talked about in this week's episode. It's just, it's something that I've always been really excited to implement. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I originally planned to talk about something completely separate from tonight's topic, but this is really sitting on my heart and I think it would be a great episode and I want it to be in defense of teenage girls. Teenage girls universally are degraded, bullied, and harassed by larger society. The harassment doesn't only come from boys and men, um, and I think it's really important to point out the boys to men aspect because as soon as boys become conscious, they're taught that they are better than girls. I used to work at a daycare and it was such an insult for the little boys to lose to a girl. And when I say little boys, like I mean the toddler room. So we're talking about two to three and a half year olds. And it was such an insult for them to be beat by a girl, to be told that they cried like a girl. That sort of misogyny embedded into their you know, three-year-old brain is crazy. And what's even crazier is very few people um, 
both at my daycare, like the other teachers, and of course their parents seem to have an issue with the idea that maybe these boys shouldn't be told from birth that their gender automatically makes them better than their peers and that their peers are something to be degraded, not even someone to be degraded, but something that girls are just an object, people or really rather things that have to be passively tolerated. And then of course we have men, adults who have spent their entire childhood embedded and profiting off of this misogyny who can then realistically um, expect to coast on you know, the power that comes from being a man in a patriarchal society, regardless of your race or socioeconomic status, men benefit from patriarchy, specifically cisgender men, although trans men can still occupy points of privilege depending on how well, and I I hate to use this term, but like passing amongst others, but that's a separate topic for a different day. The point is, is that misogyny is embedded on this idea that men are inherently superior to women, right? And so everyone gets to shit on women, but particularly people get to shit on teenage girls. And I've been thinking about it a lot because there's a lot of hubbub about preteens and teens going into Sephora and buying drunk elephant and expensive makeup. Um, And I just want to say this. I think in the most blunt manner possible that this is fucking bullshit and it's also part of the centuries-old human tradition of simply hand-wringing about the next generation and how they're so flawed, right? One thing that I think is very cool about humanity is regardless of culture, no matter which continent you are on, in cultures that were able to preserve their history, either written or orally, cultures have been bemoaning about people younger than them forever and yet humanity has been around for millions of years so gen alpha is probably not going to kill us or whatever generation of um 13 to 18 year olds exist right now because i think it might be a mix of gen alpha and gen z but this idea that we're you know we're all going to be taken out by the newest generation it's not something that has any merit from the greeks to the aztecs to icelandic society to societies in africa people have been complaining that the young ones are disrespectful blah 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 and people tend to forget their youth in favor of commiserating with their equally as miserable geriatric friends right So I don't take a lot of merit in this idea that, oh, we're losing the youth or something is really wrong with the kids today. Not that there can't be legitimate criticisms about what's happening with children, but I oftentimes think that's more of a reflection on the parents, right? Like a five-year-old screaming, um, shake that ass for Drake, that's probably not a bad five-year-old. Actually, it's not a bad five-year-old as much as it is um, a really fucking negligent parent and someone who refuses to preserve their child's innocence. Maybe this is like a slight divergence but there is something so sinister about how the parentification adultification if you don't know what um adultification is it's a phenomena where black children are perceived as older um more sexually explicit promiscuous sneakier more advanced than um their white Latino, Asian, indigenous peers simply because they're black. And something that I think about often is how this adultification starts within the black home, even if it's also something that's happening to school and outside forces. It's also something where, you know, like there's a clip of a couple of like five, six year olds screaming that like 
you know, shake your ass for Jake, let your coochie breathe. I think it's a sexy red and Drake song, like Drake's my baby daddy, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't really listen to the song, but I know enough about it to like recognize it and also know that like children really shouldn't be screaming those lyrics. And it's interesting because people in the comments are like, well, she doesn't understand it. She doesn't do anything wrong. And it's like, yeah, of course she doesn't understand the lyrics like let your coochie breathe, um, shake that ass for Drake. That has no sexual meaning to her mind because, you know, she she's not like great at reading. You know what I mean? Like no shade to a five or six year old. I was reading Harry Potter at six, but like the smartest six-year-old in the world is still six. You know what I'm trying to say? They can very easily be outsmarted. So, <laughs> it's more about the fact that, like, you only have so many years to be completely innocent, especially as a woman when, by middle school, you're already socialized to see yourself as a sexual object for your peers. You just have so few years to exist in this bubble preserved with all childlike naivete and wonder and to watch that be stripped away by parents because you don't want to listen to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or um, Kids Bop or something that inconveniences you for really what is only a period of like 11 years, very short in what God willing is a child's long lifetime. It's just this internal idea that, like, Black children are not deserving of innocence or protection and that it's something to be exploited. And I, it seems like a divergence, but we're going to wrap it back to the teenage girl thing, okay? So before we went down um, the path less taken, and by the way, you still end up on the path that you would have been anyway or whatever the fuck Jack Frost said. Is it even Jack Frost? I don't know. Okay, clearly I wasn't paying attention in ninth grade English, which is embarrassing because one of my majors was English. But as I was saying, teenage girls are forced to bear the brunt of the criticisms of a misogynistic culture while simultaneously being subjected to misogyny within this criticism. And I think that's kind of like wordy and dense, so I'll break it down. Teenage girls, the things that they go through, this idea that there are 14-year-olds buying drunk elephants retinol or even just any product from drunk elephant. And I'll talk about, I'm going to talk about it now, why I think drunk elephant is such a gas for people is that it's a very expensive skincare product. And like most skincare products and like many skincare products that have been out for 30 plus years, it focuses on anti-aging. And there's something that feels very dystopian and depressing about a 13-year-old girl who really wants to preserve the 13-year-oldness of her face. Because teenage girls are the most naked reflection of the absurd misogynistic standards that women are held to. And they haven't yet learned the art of womanhood, which is hiding all of the things you do to adhere to a feminine standard, right? Like a teenage girl openly and brazenly admitting that she needs to get into makeup and she needs to buy the high-end stuff and she needs to preserve her skincare. It's not because an influencer told her to do that. An influencer might be the symptom, but as someone who subscribed to Teen Vogue 17 and multiple Tiger Beat magazines or like Tiger Beat-esque magazines my entire childhood, I can tell you that even those little magazines were telling you how to comb your hair, make yourself presentable, how to smell good for your crush, blah, 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 blah. Even before we had the beauty YouTubers or even YouTube at all, if I'm thinking back to like my second and third grade Tiger Beats. And because I was a very voracious reader, I gobbled all that up and in turn um, 
internalize these really harmful messages about what being a woman is, that it's so tied to consumerism and the performance of beauty, beauty that adheres to a very strict and unforgiving beauty standards, particularly those that were marketed towards everyone in the early 2000s when if you're a size four, you're basically a fat hog and fuck you if you're not wearing a full beat down. And as much as people want to deny it, the full beat did not come from 2016, honey. I really feel like some of these time criticisms of like, oh my God, 2016 was this, or like 2019 was this, is coming from people who no shade, but were born in 2000. And it's like, of course, this seems like the first time that this has ever happened in society. It's just the first time you've ever perceived it. And you very clearly didn't think on doing your research. Nonetheless, um, teenage girlhood is its just like it's a training ground for womanhood because you are expected to go into your 20s with a comprehensive understanding of makeup, hair, beauty. Like I remember girls being embarrassed in college that they couldn't do makeup. I used to help people with their makeup from time to time because I'm pretty good at it, even though my signature look is like a no makeup makeup look, but it, it takes a lot of makeup to look like you're not wearing makeup. The real ones get it. Anyway, so many girls who were only like 19, 20, 21 were so embarrassed that they couldn't perform this aspect of femininity with apologies and muttering like, oh, well, I didn't wear a lot of makeup as a teen because you were expected to buy into all of these things. And that is fucking absurd. But when we look at these symptoms of this absurdist misogynistic culture of little girls going into Sephora and saying, I need to buy a Giorgio Armani, um, you know, $80 foundation and it has to come with a $20 beauty blender. We get so angry at the little girls, even under the guise of saying, well, it's really the culture that's the problem. There's a way to talk about the problem that exists within our culture, the sickness that we all suffer from without tearing down the very, very sick. Does that make sense? Like, uh, it just, there's something so dark about writing think pieces. And I'm not just talking about think pieces on Twitter. I mean, there are articles, not articles that I think are worth linking, but you know, there are articles out there and hand wringing in parents' magazines of like, little girls want to wear all this makeup and they want to wear skirts, short skirts, and they, they want to do this and they want to perform. And it's like, is it because 13 year old girls are sluts and they're so fucking desperate and they're stupid and we should make fun of them and their interests? And it's like, no, it's because if you walk down any gender toy aisle for little girls, the top toys are dolls, baby dolls so they can engage in the performance of motherhood and makeup and beauty. You can walk down a boy's aisle and find puzzles and engaging brain games. And while, yeah, there's some like big box stores, like maybe Target will put some brain games, albeit they'll be all pink and sparkly and they won't be as well built as um, the boy toys, which is really great training for things like razors, shampoos, any product where you can divide it between men and women and make women's just a little bit shittier and also a lot more expensive because, you know, capitalism and the pink tax. But it, like, just go to some middle America town and be like, hey, I want to see the toys. Yeah, the girl's aisle is going to fucking suck. Like, I wonder where this 13-year-old got the idea that she needs to be wearing makeup when likely one of the first toys that she's ever received in life was a little sparkly makeup kit that promptly broke out her sensitive child skin. 
But no, it's definitely TikToker and influencer because influencers also exist in this weird space where they bear the brunt of a lot of social ills. Like a lot of the things that people get mad about influencers doing are really just symptoms of, again, something that's been pervasive in our culture for decades. But because someone sees it spit back to them on a 30 to three minute long TikTok, they feel like it's the TikToker's fault. And a lot of people just aren't bright enough to perform that sort of thorough examination where the root of everything comes from. You know what I mean? You do though, because you're listening to this podcast and that's why we're here. We live in a culture that demands that women are obsequious about adherence to beauty and beauty standards. And yet we foam at the mouth and want to beat the shit out of little girls because they've internalized this messaging. Remember earlier in the episode when I said I worked at a preschool and I watched how misogyny was already embedding itself in three-year-old boys. Three-year-old girls were very preoccupied with their appearance. They wanted their pigtails adjusted, particularly because the daycare that I worked at had a swimming pool. There's something very heartbreaking about having to fix a little girl's pigtails because she knows that her mommy won't like that they were ruffled or fussed with. There's something very sad and upsetting about having to brush a little girl's curls just so because she knows that daddy only likes them a certain way. And by the way, if you think your toddler can't communicate that to their caregivers, um, all kids like to do at that age is talk, 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 talk. You're their whole world. You're their whole world. So they are talking about you nonstop. And I watched little girls fuss over their outfits and what they wanted to wear. They would ask me about my nails. And some days I would come to work with makeup on. Not often, but that's the other thing. Kids can notice why you're suddenly having, you know, to quote a little boy, why is there orange on your face, Miss Alexia? That was the day I decided to get adventurous with a coral blush. That's all I noted. It did not work for me. They're very honest. And boys watch girls engage in this performance, and yet teenage girls are mocked for it. And I think the difference between teenage girls and women, because grown women are still mocked for this adherence to beauty, but womanhood is also accepting the performance of the secretive aspect of it, right? I think there was something very revolutionary about these OG beauty YouTubers and that they were making public what was often hidden behind shame and condescension in the magazines and TV shows marketed at women about self-improvement. Very few figures, particularly those from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, were kind to their audience. It was very difficult to open a Seventeen magazine and not have someone sneering at you that you couldn't master the nearest or the latest eyeliner trick. Also, with a convenient ad for an Urban Decay eyeliner that cost $30. Mind you, this was $30 back in 2000 nine. What is that today? Like $3,000. And then suddenly we had these OG YouTubers who were telling you and breaking it down. Like, here's how you can access beauty. Now we have girls on TikTok who will tell you what procedures they got, what products they use. And yes, part of it is an ad and there is something very problematic about it. But part of it is this democratization of beauty knowledge. Suddenly everyone can have it. We're all supposed to be in the pursuit of being pretty, but now other pretty girls are giving that information freely. There's no longer this 
shame, right? Think about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you haven't seen the whole series, you may have certainly seen the first episode in which um, the protagonist wakes up and performs an entire beauty ritual all while her husband snores in the bedroom. She applies face masks and creams so that when she gives the appearance that she's woken up after her husband conveniently keeping her eyes shut through the alarm even though she's awake he thinks she wakes up beautiful and freshly done up even though she's wearing makeup and her hair has obviously been pinned and curled because she can never let him see all the maintenance that went into performing that beauty and if you're familiar with the 1920s wife test which is something that i've been so obsessed with lately one of the standards for a good wife a hundred years ago was that a woman had to maintain herself but keep that maintenance a secret from her husband it's very revolutionary to women from our great grandmother's time that we would even talk to our boyfriends so freely about things like getting our nails done getting our toes done oh this is my hair appointment oh this is how much my hair appointment costs because the salon used to be something of a hushed secret he knew that you were going, but he didn't want to know the how, and he certainly didn't want to probe the question of why do you have to go there because you're not born pretty? You're ruining it for me that you have to put work in. And so I think that that issue, that idea that women should remain beholden to keeping their beauty maintenance a secret is still baked in. And again, it comes out at these teenage girls. I feel like I've said it so many times, but it bears repeating again. Because teenage girls haven't mastered the art of secretly shielding themselves and all that they do to remain themselves. You know, they talk about loudly and boldly with their Christmas list, everything that they want and everything that they're going to do in the pursuit of pretty. It makes us angry. And whenever I see this criticism, like, oh my God, these little 13 year old bitches aren't playing with dolls anymore, which by the way, they're still definitely playing with dolls. They also just want makeup too. And as a 13 year old who... Well, as a former preteen who opened up her Sephora account at 12, side note, holla, those points do not expire. Um, partially because back in the day, Sephora and MAC were the only brands that would actually carry dark shades. Like, let's be real, not since Fenty came out. Well, only when Fenty came out did drugstore brands even think about carrying a dark shade. And if you didn't live in a black area, like Amon, the supermodel's brand, didn't actually carry, I think it's called Black Radiance or Opal, Radi- Opal Radiance. Good brand, though. Um, they didn't have it. So for black girls, you had to go to the higher end stores if you wanted something that would actually suit your undertone. And you had to fork out $40 if you wanted a foundation or a concealer. I also think that there's an accessibility issue that's sort of being lost and that if you want tailored products for a unique skin tone, I also know that like very, very fair girls, drugstore isn't going to cut it for them. Um, If you want makeup that's a little different, a little more like avant-garde, you're going to have to go to a higher-end store. And I think that is sort of missing in the conversation of like, why are these girls flocking? Because some girls may live in an area where drugstores don't feel the need to put out complexions or a a wide complexion range. And of those wide drugstore complexion ranges, like the dark shades don't even work. If they're dark, because let's be real, these brands will have, you know, a high yellow shade and then my shade and they'll think that's dark skin. 
Anyway, back to what I was saying, back on the path. God, I'm rambling so much today. You have these girls going into Sephora and it becomes a national discussion. And I think there would be better ways to untangle the misogyny first by allowing these girls to explore femininity and what it means to them without so severely shitting on them because that's another aspect of teenage girlhood everything you like everything you're into the music that you like the clothes that you wear is rife for comedy the fact that justin bieber was relentlessly bullied by the media the internet for all of his youth was simply because he was a little boy who overwhelmingly appealed to little girls. The fact that Justin Bieber was making middle school me sob, and I mean actually sob at the PPG Paints Arena in 2009. Yes, this is embedded into my brain. I believe the date was December 6th, but don't quote me on that. Um, Infuriated a lot of people. If Justin Bieber had a mixed audience, if he wasn't so heavily marketed to be this crush for little girls, He wouldn't have gotten as much shit, but he did. And so that's why adults felt that he could pick on them because it really had less to do with Justin Bieber and more about reiterating to young girls that all of your interests are fucking stupid. Twilight is not really a bad movie, um, but it wasn't too different plot-wise from the movies that were marketed to little boys at the time. Transformers arguably has a very thin plot and it's mostly just about the idea that like, oh my god, these cars are robots. And I say that as someone who loves Transformers movies. But like the plot's very thin, similar to Twilight. It's really just about like sparkly, sparkly vampires and a lot of insane Mormon lore. But which franchise um was demonized as the coming of satan which one was on the receiving end of all of society's ire and i picked transformers because transformers got criticism too you know the old michael bay explosion explosion is this the best that an action film can be but it never went so far as suggesting that the audience was just born wrong and that the fact that they liked the movie was a symptom of how wrong they were in the way that twilight criticism so needlessly ripped apart the fandom that again was mostly comprised of young girls and young women the art that you like is demonized the video games that the meager video games that are marketed to girls is called stupid dolls come up in presidential debates while the trucks that little boys play with and the homoerotic action figures and the violence that is taught to them at a young age goes without a shrug maybe it shows up on a christian parent blog but god forbid sasha chloe and all the rest of the brats baddies wear a sassy little t-shirt it's world war three because those things are fucking stupid and you're stupid for liking them if you want to reach little girls who are certainly reading these criticisms who are certainly feeling what i felt at a young age which is why does the world hate me and everything that i'm into so much you're not reaching them by putting their christmas list on twitter and then letting it go viral for days as they get picked apart right when their screen time is going to be the highest because they're not in school by the way it's not cnn discourse 
on the idea that their interests are so flawed and stupid. And what's wrong with teenage girls for not feeling pretty? Not to mention the entire component that I didn't even get to touch on, which is puberty is such a fuck all. Like, The Care of Keeping You by American Girl Doll, love that book, raised me. It did not adequately prepare me for like all the internal hormonal stuff the the sadness that's raising through your body your body's betraying you you had smooth clear skin as a kid and now it's like fucking breaking out everywhere you have boobs it kind of hurts when they grow in then you're insecure because what if you're the only flat-chested one you know is your period coming is your period not going to come why does your period hurt i didn't even touch on the physiological aspect of becoming a woman that also makes teenage girlhood so painful and there's just none of that courtesy or kindness because people are not interested in protecting teenage girls as much as they are using teenage girls for a punching bag for all of the misogynistic bullshit that we have to deal with. And it breaks my heart to know that every single woman socialized in this country and in the West has undergone this this just reckless disregard of our personhood in favor of becoming the butt of a joke. And yet they so eagerly subject that onto a new generation of girls. And it's often bitches who call themselves like smart and feminist who will write the cruelest think pieces. It's that very Jezebel-esque feminism, which Jezebel was a self-branded feminist website that actually shut down in 2023. And under the guise of women's empowerment, they wrote some of the nastiest, filthiest shit about women, particularly celebrities who were known for being good-looking or well-liked, under the guise of being snarky or smart. But it was just mean smart girlness, this idea that because you were intelligent, you were commanding of a different respect than the frivolous pretty girls. Very evil and very nasty, but teenage girls deserve better than what we're doing for them. And I think we owe it for the little girls that we once were to spare them that cruelty that we all felt. That's the end of today's episode. Um, I'm so glad that you made it to the end. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to kick off season two. As always, I love when you guys reach out to me. That's Hot Weird Girl with an O on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And I will see you guys on YouTube on January 20th. Till next Monday at 7.30 p.m. Love you so much. Happy New Year.